What's up, everybody? It's Juan Huevos, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Corona Toast. There are so many people and places that could use our help right now, but I wanted to give a shout out to the ones that mean the most to me personally. These spaces are all owned or co-owned by artists and musicians and run and staffed by more of the same. And they're some of the only places in town that I actually hang out at, and coming from me, that's saying a lot. I care about everyone involved with these places and hope that they can get the help that they need. I'd also like to point out that the amounts these venues are asking for are humble. Nobody wants to ask for what they really need. These are the amounts that they felt comfortable asking for, so please keep that in mind. I'll have links to their social media and GoFundMe campaigns in the show notes, including an additional one for the Service Industry Relief Fund of North Carolina, which has been co-organized by Nick Stroud, another local business owner who also owns a share of 506, a venue that I'll be discussing later. But it's a great way that you can support service industry workers as a whole, and it seems legit as fuck, so please check that out. And if you can't afford to donate, please share any and all of these links with somebody who can. First off, I wanted to give a shout out of success to Orange County Social Club, a place that I love mostly because of the staff. Shout out to Jamie, shout out to Richard, shout out to LK Broiler. Dang old Lee Waters used to work there. Dang old Mac, dang old Montgomery. OCSC is the kind of place that takes too good a care of you, if you know what I mean. Like, if you're close with the bartender, you are going to get a life-altering pour. I've smoked 8,000 cigarettes on that patio, and the men's bathroom always smells of the absolute freshest and fruitiest of urinal deodorizers. My favorite memories of Orange County Social Club are New Year's Eve celebrations. Maybe it was just the one time they all kind of blend together, but I just remember everybody kissing everybody at the bar. I kissed my best friend Jake. I kissed people who were married. I kissed people who have kids now. I kissed everyone. Maybe it wasn't even New Year's Eve. Maybe it was just another night at Orange County. But Orange County Social Club has already hit their goal and then some. So a big fat congratulations to Orange County Social Club. So dope to see a community giving it up. Unfortunately, these next four venues still have a way to go. I'd first like to shout out The Cave, which is a small venue, or at least it's narrow. And the low ceiling doesn't exactly add any space. I always tell people that it's the oldest bar in Chapel Hill, and I don't even know if it's true. The cave is no stranger to struggle. People may remember a bunch of fundraising that went down in the past. I honestly was confused by all that because it was closing and then it wasn't, but the week of the cave's funeral was amazing. I played on the first night and Mark Connor poured me a pint glass filled to the top with ice and vodka, and I got a bloge in the bathroom, which was actually a really sweet gesture because my partner at the time wanted me to have a special memory from a special place. But the cave was saved and now it's owned by two rad ladies and one of them, Melissa, is my home girl. And I had a show book there for May 1st with Hope Nichols and her band, It's Snakes from Charlotte. And I'm bummed the fuck out it's not going to happen. But the cave needs your help, y'all. And there's a reason why it was saved before. And they deserve to weather this storm as much as anybody else. Next up is Bobar. And for those of you that are uninitiated, the name comes from the super sweet owners, John Bowman and Amanda Barr. This is one of the funkiest places in Chapel Hill, but not in an annoying way. They have a black toilet in the bathroom, which is totally pimp, and I hate, hate, hate saying things are pimp, but it just kind of is. Also, since they only have one actual toilet in the whole bar, you know that thing is just getting destroyed, so, you know, that dark porcelain is hiding its true colors. I wish they were raising money to add another bathroom, actually, but sadly, they just need this money to survive. Bobar is usually where the hot hipster girls I like hang out, but I'm pretty sure they think I'm just a creep, even if they notice me at all. 
I think Bobar probably wins the award for best cocktails presented in the least pretentious fashion. I love all these mixology-ass cocktails, especially tiki drinks, but these bars where you gotta wait 20 minutes to order a drink because the bartender is hand-chipping ice with a sewing needle while roasting a kumquat on a Bunsen burner just to wipe the glass with a piece of toasted rind while he's chanting riddles from an ancient scroll over your drink while a three-toed virgin sheds a single tear onto a Turkish olive for garnish? And then you get to order your drink, which takes another 20 minutes while they hunt for a Komodo dragon egg to make you the perfect whiskey sour? It's just too much, man. Bobar has the most refreshing cocktails made in the least amount of time. And guess what? Another way you can support them is that they're doing deliveries now, y'all. You can message them on Facebook or Instagram and handle the payment over the phone or Venmo, and they'll just leave it on your porch. And they got all kinds of brews and Tapo Chico and ginger beer and Prosecco and wine. And yeah, sure, it's like bar prices, but this is a way you can support and actually get something physical in return, at least until you turn it to piss, at which point you are giving water back to Gaia, to Mother Earth, and the circle remains unbroken. I asked Amanda Barr why Bobar was so great, and I managed to condense our very long conversation into this little soundbite. I love Bobar, and you should too. Bobar is a really unique bar because it's, well, it's run by two artists and John's a musician and I uh, am an artist. And I think it's unique because um, we kind of allow or encourage customers to come in and sort of make it their own. And so a lot of times people have a small party or birthday or a celebration. We've had memorials, um, kids' birthday parties. Everyone kind of makes it their own space. So we have things up all over the walls from art shows we've had in the past and things like that. When I first moved here, um, my closest friend was my best friend from college, husband Harrison Haynes, his mom, and she happened to live through the woods. And on Fridays, I would go over there and drink with her and we would just cut open fresh grapefruits, limes, lemons, and squeeze them in. We would just experiment with bitters and gin. And I just kind of realized that all different alcohols and fresh citrus and all these flavors go well together. And then that with my family being from Oaxaca and experimenting with stuff down there, it just came together in this really cool flavor inspired bursting imaginative way we're open to creative thought and conversation and intellectual processing i feel like i used to go to a lot of bars that were not like that and we encourage that at bobar the thing that makes a really good bar a good bar um, and i've always said this isn't really as much about the space itself but the staff and i know that it all comes down to the person working behind the bar. Like when I went to bars, I, I went to bars because I was going to visit the bartender. And so the bartenders really, you know, whether they play music or they're just really friendly, we try to hire people who are, you know, friendly and talkative and inquisitive. And of course it's Carborough, Chapel Hill. So we all know each other and they do a really good job at that. 
Nightlight Bar and Club, or as some people like to call it, Nightlight Bar and Grill, is a venue that needs to be protected at all costs. It's the safest of spaces, the coolest of spaces, the only space that has old motherfuckers playing bluegrass one night, and an international house DJ the next, and a punk rock show the next night. Everyone who works there is cool as fuck. I feel like these people truly have my back when I'm there. And I don't really need people to have my back when I'm out. But a lot of people do. And this is a place for them. A place for us all. I have played so many shows there. In retrospect, some of the greatest shows of my life. One time, me and Jake played a show there as Diamond Studs. And we played with Kerblocky. One of the members being John Bowman, the owner of Bobar. And even though we opened, we totally stole the show. <laughs> Suck on that one. Uh, just kidding, man. Y'all are my homies for life. Love y'all. Big shout out to Kerblocky. I really can't think of people who deserve your help more, honestly. Because I guarantee Nightlight stays open for the love and not for the money. I spoke to Ginger, the bar manager, about what makes Nightlight great. But I was totally lit off an edible and forgot to record. We tried to do it again and recapture the magic, and we just couldn't pull it off. But as we talked more, she shared these thoughts with me. If you can, please consider donating to Nightlight. I do fucking love Nightlight. Like, it's, it's the best job I've ever fucking had in my life, and I want it to just never go away. And I worry about it going away because of the scenario that it's in, the block that it's on, Chapel Hill getting gentrified and building up these big high-rises, and all I want to do is just invite more people inside to have a really good time all the time. That's all I want. And this whole thing is really scary to me, but I don't know. Like, I think that the communities that we've built up are like making a force field around this club, which is going to keep us happening and keep us alive. And, and all the staff has been really amazing and patient and just like willing to ride this wave with us. So this situation right now is, probably the most difficult situation I've ever been in, in terms of working with a crew of people that I really, really care about and that I really want them to be able to pay their bills and live and be sustained by the job. I mean, and, and we can't, we can't do that. Nightlight can't do that. We are on a shoestring every single month. So the only way that that can happen is through our our communities and the people who love the club and want the club to continue donating, buying t-shirts. I mean, that's what's difficult is that every time I look at the spreadsheet or look at the money or try to figure out how to get, make sure that our staff can pay their bills. I freak out and I break down because I love them and they deserve all the things that every human being deserves. And they don't deserve to be put in this position that it's, it's impossible to try to live off nothing. The last spot I'm going to talk about is probably the most important to me as far as my musical development, just feeling like a part of the music scene. And that place is Local 506. The first time I ever performed in a real music venue was there in 1999. I had to practically beg Bumrush and Uzi to let me and Jake get up there. Shout out to Shaw. Shout out to Uzoma. And a big swollen shout out to Lem Butler, a.k.a. DJ Pez, for making it happen. I wore an Afro wig under a trucker cap and my Where Are All the High School Girls At shirt that I had made because there is no such thing as a time machine, so I couldn't go back and tell myself not to do that. Me and Jake did two songs that night, and the headliner was Tai Fu, our local version of the Wu-Tang Clan. 
In the early 2000s, Microphone Monday was the biggest hip-hop night in the triangle. Shout out to Kazi, keeping it bubbling like a wet gremlin. Later in 2007, I got a DWI and I was in alcohol class with the owner at the time and he got me working there for the next year. And there were so many of us who put in work around that time, including Matt Park, my third guest on Corona Toast, Hank Stockard, who just made a dope mix for us that we're dropping on Tuesday, Stu McLamb, who was just on here, Mike Dillon, who we shouted out in Stu's episode, Josh Nolan, my Eskimo brother with the voice of an angel, the Christmas parties, the bleach incident. Shout out to Trey who works the door there now. Man, to this day, still some of the best opening act duties of my entire career. Thank you, Glenn, for the bookings. Thank you, everyone who's booked me there still. It's a dark and dirty club. It's a fucking legend as far as I'm concerned. It was one of the backbones of the local music scene for so long, and it's gone through some changes these past few years, but it's still a place that needs support in general, not just now. The same could be said for all these places, you know. These aren't bars and clubs where the owners are kicking back and sleeping on a pile of money every day. It's a struggle for most of these people all the time, and especially now. I talked to Rob from 506. He's been a co-owner since 2018, and his history with 506 runs deep. He started working there in 1999 and has done sound there off and on ever since. If there's someone who lives and breathes music, it's Rob. I interviewed him about his time at 506 and he said the best shit ever, but classic me, I was again lit off edibles and totally forgot to record. I didn't have the heart to tell him because he had just said so much good stuff about the club and the people that work there and how they're all artists and musicians and how the 506 is out there for the little guy, you know? And I missed all that shit. But I did catch this last little twinkle of gold, and I'm going to leave you with that as a closing thought. All the links you need to donate are in the show notes. Please donate, share, do what you can, and please take care of yourself. Wave us out. The thing about the 506, and like, you know, I would like to, I would say the same fucking thing about the nightlight. I'd say the same thing about the cave. You know, those are all my homies. Those are all my fucking bros. You know what I mean? We are all in this thing. We're not competing with each other. You know what I we're all in this to further everyone, man. We just wanted to give people a fucking platform to fucking speak their mind, sing some jams, fucking rap some raps, fucking play some goddamn guitar. Who fuck? You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. Because you never know, dude. You know, you never fucking know. Everyone, everyone's a fucking star, John. You know that, man. Everyone's a fucking star, and it's, it's important that they are treated as such. You know what I mean? I guess that's all I gotta say. <laughs>